No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today we got a YouTube legend, a street legend, etc. Pino is in the building. What's going on? How you feeling, bro? I'm feeling good, bro. How you feeling? Man, it seems like there's a lot of tension in your fucking life. Like, I was doing all this research for you, and then I feel like it don't even matter because, like, the last couple days of your life have been so uh, exciting that there's a lot to I talk mean, about. Not really exciting, but, you know, I just wanted to put a couple people in their place, bro, behind it. You know, a lot of people get on the internet and they like to play tough uh -huh. on the internet and shit like that, and, but... And then they want to they, they wanna claim, oh, keep it in the street, keep it in the street and shit like that. But then they be around like in downtown somewhere with a full bunch of people ready to go to jail. Like I literally last night bonded out of jail at two o'clock in the morning, bro, mm -hmm. and caught a flight at seven to come to the show. Why did you get locked up? Possession of marijuana. Seriously? Florida still on it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. With, with, and I got a medical card. Oh, my God. Really? It wasn't in the proper bag. Oh, so when they pull you over, it has to be, like, stored a certain it has, way? It has to be in a bag that comes from the dispensary. Oh, my God. With your, your prescription on it. So, basically, like, despite the ever-changing laws, Florida cops are still using weed as an excuse to be fucking assholes like they always have? He told me to get my license and registration. I got my license and registration out of the car. He said, my car smelled like weed. Uh-huh. Search the car. But you got it at 2 in the morning. 2 in the morning. This happened at 10 a.m. yesterday. And you said, fuck this, I'm still hopping the flight to L.A. Absolutely. Why would I miss it? How often you come out here? This is my first time in L.A. It is, okay. This is my first time in L.A. How you feeling it? I'm feeling it. I like it. You know, <laughs> I'm feeling it. I like that. I like the L.A. vibes. Everybody in L.A. show good love. Yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of part of, like, why you stand out on YouTube so much is that you're clearly a, a guy who's, you know, comfortable in, in the country. You know, like, it, we, we breed different types of gangsters out here, more or less, you right. know? And so it's uh, that's I think part of what makes it interesting is like when when I see Florida uh, like culture and shit, it's just so different. I feel like you 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 stand out to like a lot of maybe people from a similar background. They look at you and they're like, all right, I'm I'm like him, right? At least a little bit. I mean, <laughs> it's I mean we we just different in Florida. It's just I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't I, I don't got nothing against no other state. Like I got love for everybody. You feel me? Like right. I. Don't, I'm like I'm not gonna say I'm that YouTuber that go out and try to fight everybody because everybody that know that follow my channel or followed me from the start know every beef I've had be, it came from somebody coming at me mm. and I just I don't I don't play that when I feel like you gonna apply pressure to me I'm gonna apply pressure twice as hard that's the only way to handle pressure is to apply it that's it. Let me ask you this question: Did you plan on becoming a sort of street slash prison YouTuber? How, where did that idea come from? How did that begin to be a thing? Um, so I had just got fresh out of prison and there was a couple people from prison that knew me and they were all pushing me towards, uh, the 23 and one show. Okay. So shout out him. Right. Shout, shout out to 23 and one. Shout Good out guy. to Josh. Um, and I was sketchy about it at first cause you know, everybody, I, I just got out of prison, you know? Whereas like number one rule is you don't talk about you your shit, You don't talk right? about yeah. shit. And I was like, man, even if I get on there and say something and people start selling me out in the comments, like I'm gonna get mad, I'm gonna wanna do this and that. Like, you know, you don't understand the whole concept. I just got out of doing seven years straight. And before that was three years straight. Mm -hmm. So I missed 10 years of my life. And this was where all smartphones were developing and all this new shit was going out in the world. When I went to prison the first time, we still had flip phones. Right. There was still cigarettes on the canteen. Mm. You understand? I went to prison in 2008. Damn, so what year did they get rid of the cigarettes in Florida? 2011. I believe it was like August or October. Did, that, did that fuck prison up? Because before, it, at least you had that. I would say it fucked it up for, for, for people that got money on their books and were able to go to like 
the commissary and you know say okay i want to buy some cigarettes from the commissary mm -hmm. but now that they took it off the commissary you have to buy it illegally on the compound. You have to buy it from people selling it on the compound. People sell cigs illegally. Holy shit. Well, it's, I mean, it's not, you're going to go to confinement if you get caught selling cigarettes. Mm. So, so at the end of the day, it's not legal to sell cigarettes on the compound or whatever. But because they took them off the canteen, the price raised so much. They mm. take one cigarette and cut it in five and sell them at $2 a piece. Yeah. Oh they call my it clips. God. That's in Florida crazy. prison, they call it clips. They like this big. Just to get that little tiny bit of tobacco. Just to get that little nick in. But the, the cigarette shit like kind of plays a different role in prison as well because it's kind of like it's used for trading and bartering because it's just known as like a symbol of value basically, right? Yeah, so yeah. did that kind of fuck it up too? All of a sudden you got to like pay for something with fucking Fritos or something? Um, Not really. You can still pay for it with Fritos. You can still buy <laughs> clips and shit. Right. $2 clips, a honey bun in a soup or something and you get your little $2 clip. But at the end of the day, like if, if you were a real cigarette smoker, you would send like 50 on the wire and get like two packs of cigarettes. Okay. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, when you send the money to the street, it's always worth more than zoom zooms and wham whams. If you got two packs of cigarettes, you must be like fucking Ben Baller in there, bro. Like that, and, you, you must have to be hard to hold on to your two packs of cigarettes, right? I mean, I knew at one point my homeboy had a whole mattress full of cigarettes, Ooh. so. But that's because he, he had a fresh route and it was going smooth. Mm. And once that route goes smooth, he just had too many. He had too many drops to deal with. So mm. he had to stuff his whole mattress with cigarettes. Wow. That's so gangster. That's what you would call chain gang rich. Yo, so I just got done watching uh, the, the most recent, I think, season of 60 Days In. You ever seen it? I've seen the the one episode with the uh, the the Chico that was a former Latin king or something like oh, okay. that. And enforcer for the Latin king. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only one I see, though. The one thing that stands out in that, because it's in like fucking uh, Arizona or some shit, is it's everything's super racial. And then I was listening to you talk, and you said that in Florida, like the prison ain't really split like that. Absolutely not. You go to Florida, you, they, okay, so they have white gangs in Florida, which are, and people are gonna take offense to this, but I'm just being fucking real and I don't give a fuck. The white gangs in Florida, like the white supremacy gangs, like the Unforgiven and shit like that. They're not really deep. They don't have numbers on the compounds oh, like that. Yeah. Um, so they don't pull a lot of rank on the compound. Mm. The gangs that do pull rank are the gangs with numbers. Everything's by numbers. Um, Florida prison is absolutely nothing but gangs. Bloods, Crips, Kings, Nietas, Sereños, all that good shit. Mm -hmm. um, is I've seen vice lords on the compound, so but just not divided by racial lines, because that's There's what no racial you lines. always hear that in L.A. and shit is that like okay you could be in the, you could be a crib you could be a blood you could be from this neighborhood that hates this neighborhood but then you go to prison and all nah. of a sudden it's like you're a black guy or you're a white guy. Nah, it's not like that in Florida. In Florida, you you go to prison, you are who you are. It doesn't matter if you white, black, Spanish, or other. That doesn't matter. Although the Latinos in Florida do hold a strong knit system the latinos do tend to migrate together uh. um but you will see latinos in other gangs you'll see latinos in the bloods you'll see latinos in the crips you'll see latinos in different gangs mm. yeah because in that 60 days in i was watching there there at one point there's a white dude and he seems real cool he seems like he's probably been hanging out with black people his whole life and he just doesn't relate to the white supremacist dudes at all he don't want nothing to do with them right. and so he decides that he wants to start you know clicking up with the black dudes and being around them and stuff yeah. and it just like they very had, I, I seen that episode the, the white supremacists are ready to kill him yep that wouldn't go down in florida mm. at all that wouldn't go down now as of if you were just a a, a bumping white boy and you didn't want to join no gang or nothing but you 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 were going about yours 
the whites would go to you and be like, bro, you know, run with us, da 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 da. But if you chose not to run with them, they weren't there to, for you. Mm. You would still have to fight your way through prison. And, and, and in Florida prisons, everything is about gangs now. Right. Back in the day, back in the early 2000s, the, 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 the late 90s, it was more about up north Florida against down south Florida or Orlando against mm. North Florida. Okay. Now we're in 2021. You go, you, you can land on compounds that the nickname is gangland. Mm. So. So, when you are oh, okay, so they take me back like what you actually ended up doing the seven years for, and what your life was like before that. So I originally did three years. Okay. I originally did three years Florida State Prison as a youthful offender. Um, we actually did a little lick. I don't really want to talk about it, but you know, we did a little lick and uh, we got roped for it. I did three years. I got sentenced as a YO, three years Florida State Prison, followed by three years or two years community control and one year probation or some shit like that. It was a six year YO sentence. Okay. Um, I did the three years, I got out. I was out for like six months. Um, I originally was living in, in, in Martin County. When I got out on that first three year bid, I said, you know what, I ain't gonna go back to Broward because everybody I know from Broward, this is where I'm from. I know I'm gonna fall into some dumb shit if I mm. go here. I was only 21 at the time. I was fresh out of three years. So you got out motivated to be like, I can't keep doing this shit. Right, but I also was on the dumb shit all the way to the door mm. in prison. Like I, I, I was, I was a loose cannon. But um. But did you have to be that way, or do you, you know, like did you have the, to be that way to when survive? When I did my first three years, you had to be that way. It, mm. it, it, I went to two wild camps. There was no. I never went to an adult camp. I did all three years at two different wild camps. I went to Lancaster and Lake City. Mm -hmm. Um, I EOS from Lake City, and when I EOS, you know, my people were more supportive, and you know. Like, yo, you know, go, 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 chill out, go to Martin County, go live with your grandpa or whatever, and see if you can just chill out for a little bit. And I did that for about a month while I was on community control. And, you know, anybody knows that community control is like a setup. Like, you, you, it's house arrest. You don't right. want to be on house arrest after just doing three years in prison. Oh, yeah. I, I was 18 to 21, I went to prison. So that was my youthful years. So were you excited to be home when you get home and get put on that fucking ankle monitor or whatever? You're excited to be home, but then it's like, oh, there's all this shit I want to do, and I can't even right. fucking leave the right. crib. Start going crazy. So I was on level two community control, which was with no monitor, but they come oh, okay. to your house once a week, and you have to go there and fill out an hourly schedule. Uh. of what you're doing throughout the day. You can't leave the house. The only time you can leave the house is for work, uh, church one time a week, and, and grocery shopping or some shit one time a week. Okay. That was the only time you could leave the house. So you're going to church even though you like probably would never normally go to church? I was going to church. church. <laughs> I was. I was going to church even though I never normally go to church just because it was something to do. I would go to church if that um, was the only thing I could do too, for sure, yeah. Honestly, yeah, it was the only thing I could do, so <laughs> I went to church. Um, just like the barbershop, I made sure I had a haircut every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had, it, that was on the list. I could do that one time a week. Right. But it only worked out like that for about a month and a half before I said, fuck it. And I just, I cleared it and I went back down to Broward. I, I got into some shit with my people and I was, my grandpa specifically. Well, it's all love now, you know, that's, that, that's my grandpa. Right. But at the time, I was young, I was dumb, so I got into some shit with him. And then, you know, time made the wounds heal and we've talked it out since. Okay. Um, but I left and I went back down to Broward. And when I went back to, down to Broward, the only place I had to stay was the trap. So, like, that's why I was living on the second floor in the trap, man. And did you get introduced to gangbanging through your time in prison, or were you already on that before you went I in? was already on gangbanging before I went to prison. Um, we was originally, you know, pushed over when we first went to prison. It, you know, when you go to prison, in YO camps, 
uh, you can only have certain sets on compounds. Okay. So you can have Rollins on the compound, Hoover's on the compound, and Insane's on the compound. Anybody else that's on the compound got to push over or leave. Really? Yeah, absolutely. That's just how they keep it for that's order. Just, that's how they keep order. Okay. That's how they keep everything in order. Um, I was originally, you know, originally just a crip out of the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know. Um, there was a bunch of us out of the neighborhood all pushing the same line. But when you go to prison, obviously, you're going to be around some big players. Mm. And I had to put work in all through my three years in Wild Counts. I had to put work in, put work in, put work put in. Put work in what? Like, like they tell you, like, yo, you got to go fucking cut this dude open or go beat this dude's ass. Not necessarily. Like it's more along the lines, like, when in Wild Counts, when, when you have the new cocks coming in, the new cocks is the new people coming into the dorms. Right. Um, people going to see what they own because oh. they're just getting to the Wild Camp. They're going to get pressed immediately. Mm. You bang, you don't bang, tighten up. Just like that. If you don't bang, you got to get to the grid. If you do bang, your homies got to tighten you up, mm. period. Um, and this was in 2010, 2011, 2009. This was, like I said, when I was 18 to 21. Mm -hmm. And I put a lot of work in there. Uh, my work proceeded to, like I said, when I got out 2011, I was only out about four or five months. I don't know if I told you. Right. Four or five months. I was living in Martin Martin County for like a month and a half before I said, fuck it, went back down to Broward. I was living in the trap. And, uh, you know, I had my hands in everything there because, you know, I'm on the street. You know, I'm already on the run. I was carrying pistols, all that stupid ass shit, you know. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, it, it's, I don't know how to explain it. You just had, it, your name carries. In Florida prison, your name's going to carry because... Everybody always goes back to prison. I've been to prison twice mm -hmm. in Florida. So you're going to, when you go back to prison, you're going to see people that you were in wild camps with. You're going to see people that you were in, like I've been to a juvenile program. I, I did 19 months in the juvenile program. So you're going to see, I, I know a dude right now doing life that I was in a, a 9 to 12 month juvenile program with. Wow. And he's doing a life sentence right now. Crazy. Shout out Brandon Ramsey. You could go look him up. Uh huh. And uh, Okay, so you... Get you get done those three years, you start fucking off a little bit, and you're running around with guns and all this stuff. How do you get popped and end up doing the seven years? All right, so I had a little bitch that was doing burglaries, and she was bringing me cards, socials, everything, mm. and I was paying her off in dope. <laughs> this is when I had this is when I had already moved out the trap. I was living in a trap for about a month and a half, and then I moved to Deerfield. I switched my spot, mm. and this is where I met the bitch. So when she got popped. Originally, she just threw my name in it. They came to the house. They found all the stolen goods. They found everything. So they charged me with everything. And, and, and given where you're at in your life now, doesn't this seem like a bad idea to just trust a dope fiend with your whole criminal enterprise? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> just wanted to check. But, you know, I was, I, like I said, I was on the run. Mm -hmm. I had just moved to Deerfield. So the bitch brought me two big screen TVs for the apartment. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So it's it just, it, it, I didn't give a fuck at the time because oh, I was, I was basically knew I was going back to prison. And if a bitch comes with amenities, then I mean, hey, two flat screens. I mean, most of these girls are coming with nothing. Most of them come with nothing. Two flat <laughs> screens baggage. is a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Two flat screens is a bonus. Facts. Um, and this is, we're, we're talking 2011. We're talking when, when, when a big flat screen mm -hmm. on the wall, you was, you was dope boy status when you had a big, 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 big 64 inch flat screen on the That's wall. That's real, yeah. Um, okay, so you get she, she basically rats you out. Exactly. Then, so we all go to jail. We all go to the police station. We all get booked. Um, both of them get out on bond. Uh huh. They both end up getting probation. I sit three years in the county jail. 
uh, fighting the charge because I had just got out of prison. Uh-huh. And they hit me with the Prison Release Reoffender Act, which is the 15 minimum man. Whatever the charge in Florida, they ha they have the Prison Release Reoffender Act. If you get out of prison within three years, if you commit a violent crime, which they consider burglary a violent crime, uh -huh. if you commit a violent crime within them three years, you face the maximum on the charge is the minimum man. Right. So the maximum on a burglary of an unoccupied dwelling is 15 years. So that would become your minimum mandatory. Holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. So if you get out of prison within three years and you rob somebody with a gun, your minimum mandatory is life. Right. Because it's a PBL. It's punishable by life. Wow. So you you met a shitload of people who are basically like doing life in oh, Florida prisons for shit that like is hard to imagine. I know I know three people in Florida prison right now doing life off of armed burglary. Really? Wow. Went into the house, picked up a knife or a gun, and, and armed themselves in the process. Wow. That's crazy. Damn. So, okay, you go in, you're, you're about to do the seven years. How do you feel going into this? Is this, like, emotionally, like, so is it destroying you? Or are you, are you kind of like, well, you know, I was doing all right in there before. Like, what was your attitude? I mean, I just did three years in a wild camp. I had only did five months on the street. I really had nothing going for myself. Mm. Um, I did meet a girl. And she held me down the whole seven years, which helped me get through my whole seven years, which is now my wife. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. What was that seven years like? So the seven years, honestly, after you get about two years into your bid, it, it, it becomes just an everyday thing. Mm. So when, when people hear like, oh, he got 15 years, he's going to be stressed out the whole 15 years. Not everybody's like that. You kind of just give up you after just, a while? No, you don't give up. You just go with the flow. Right. You just you know you're incarcerated. You know there's nothing you can do to change it. You understand? If you got 15 years, you know four years into your 15 years, you know you got 11 years left, bro. Right. And that's just that. And it's like it just you stop counting down. You, you stop, stop thinking about it. Years. You have to like I, give up hope temporarily. I counted calendars. I didn't. I didn't count months. Wow. So and that that was with both my bids. I counted calendars. So mm. it was just it's just easier to do time that way. What kind of role would you say you ended up playing in prison during that seven years though? Like like were you fully active or were you fully trying active. to pull back a little bit and no, think about your future? No. I didn't I, I didn't pull back at all. I was fully active the whole seven years. As a matter of fact, the whole seven years I was active, one of my big homies actually just died a year after I got out. So he got stabbed to death in the dorm at ACI. Oh, shit. Yeah, his name's Anthony Spencer. You can look it up. Wow, rest in peace. Rest in peace. The Department of Corrections didn't want to release the video or nothing. Normally they do that? No, they didn't want to release it because it happened in another dorm. Oh, okay. They, the inmate that stabbed him wasn't from the dorm. Oh, okay. So he wasn't supposed to be in there it in the first the, place? Yeah, so it was under investigation by, I guess, the attorney general or some shit like that to see if the deputy or the, the correction officer let that person into the dorm. Mm. And so, but they just don't even have to release the footage, so we're never going to find out exactly how that went down? Well, I don't know. His family's still fighting. Oh, so okay. if anybody wants to donate to his family, his name's Anthony Spencer. You could pretty you could pretty much contact me anywhere about it, and I'll give you his mom's information. But that's got to be a crazy feeling to, like, you go do the seven years and like the way you describe it, it's basically like at some point it just feels like just a big block of time. Like you just kind of give up on counting down. I mean, the three years in it, like I said, I did almost three years in the county jail. Right. Fighting the 15 minimum mandatory before I caught my, the bottom of my guidelines. During that minimum mandatory, see, we ain't, we ain't even get into the whole story. Right. This shit goes deep. 
during the whole story, I, I told you I sat three years in the county jail fighting this. Both of my co-defendants were free. One already copped out the probation within the first year. The other one went to mental health court or some shit like that and got totally out of the district. But both of them were listed as witnesses in my discovery. Mm-hmm. So three years into, the, into, into me sitting in the county jail, I get a new lawyer. I get Michael Gottlieb. Michael Gottlieb goes to court. He gets me a change of hearing, this, that, and the third. During that time, my co-defendant happened to die, the one that was the only witness. She wow. was the only testifiable witness. They were both witnesses on the case, but with him, it was just my word versus his. Mm-hmm. With hers and his word, it was both of their word against mine. Okay. So at the end of the day, when she died during that little process, we, he went to court. He was like, Your Honor, the only testifiable witness in this case is now deceased. We'd like to take this to trial, this, that, and the third. Within a week, the state came within an offer. They came below the 15 minimum mandatory, mm-hmm. and they said, we're going to waive the minimum mandatory, but we're going to give you the bottom of your guidelines, which is 12 years. Right. So I caught seven years Florida State Prison, followed by five years probation. Wow. How did this girl yeah. die? She overdosed. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, damn, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. So, okay, I guess just a general thing. What were the cra- what was the craziest shit that happened while you were locked up? Let's just let's just throw that question out there before we move on to like you getting out. Like what was the 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 top memories in your head that you're like I cannot believe this is fucking happening right now? The top memories Was in there my riots life? and shit? Was most of my top memories were at wild camps. Oh really? Like yeah. I mean, at adult camps I had I had some memories and stuff like that, but it was mostly just like you know, it wasn't it wasn't nothing like wild camps. That I mean, was, was at adult wilder. camps, they're, they're more, they're just going to stab. Mm. That's it. It's When you go to adult camps in Florida, a lot of people ain't on that fighting shit. Really? A lot of people don't want to fight. Uh-huh. And that's just, and that's when you know you're on a real compound. When you know you're on a real compound, when nobody's fighting and everybody's carrying knives on a compound, you know you're on gangland, basically. Right. So, like I was explaining earlier. But from, okay, from your perspective, everyone has knives. Why is... It's so hard for the cops to stop that. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Why? Because you're gonna tell us like every last fucking trick that yeah, they do or whatever. I, yeah. And I'm not that type of YouTuber. You know, yeah, I don't. Okay. I, I don't got into it with other YouTubers about this situation. Is that a big conversation about like what's considered snitching once you get out? Yeah, it's kind of dry snitching. Mm. So you you're not supposed to breach on topics like that. I mean, you know, off camera we could talk about it all day. For sure. But I don't care about that. Because, yo, on the fucking 60 Days In, they're shipping in letters, and the letters are dipped in acid or meth or whatever, yeah, and then you take the fucking, you cut the paper up and shit, and they don't even know about it. I'm like, holy fuck. That's the same thing everywhere. That's normal? That's normal. Oh. But, but you know, Florida's more on K2. Yeah? Florida's not on acid or nothing like that. Why Florida, K2? That shit is K2, disgusting. K2, Molly, and cigarettes is the number one, you know. Really? Currency. You smoke much K2 in your day? I smoked a couple joints here and there. How would you compare it to like smoking a joint of weed? How would weed? I compare it to smoking a joint of weed? Honestly, I would say it. It, it depends what kind of K two you get. <laughs> get That's, it's shit. not even because you could get you could get some fucked up K two. I'm trying to get you, that loud K two, man. No, you don't want that shit. K two Zaza, bro, man. K two. Listen, they I got Zaza K two. Adam, they got K two <laughs> that if you hit one time, you're gonna be on the floor rolling. Right. That's the K2 you don't want. But when, then they have K2 that's more of a lighter K2 mm. that you can smoke it, and it kind of has like a weed high, but it's more of like a mellow weed high, and that's the weak shit. Nobody wants that on the compound. Right. Because 
the whole compound that is buying the K2 are dope fiends. They 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 want to get high high. Real high. You know what I mean? So Cuz I just remember when I was we had a shop downtown and when we first moved into town, a cop pulls up, which is the only time that a cop ever pulled up and talked to us while we were there, but he started telling us like, "Yo, when you see people tweaking out, it might be meth, but like mo- even more often it's K2. Like that's the shit that has all these motherfuckers tweaking down here. I mean, in Florida prison, it, it's Molly or K2 that's people tweaking off. Of. People tweaking off of Molly and really? which is which is dangerous. Yeah. Motherfuckers will stay up for three, four days in their cell straight, sniffing Molly all night. What the fuck? And then come out in the day room and think somebody talking about them and stab them in the neck. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, that, that's, that's more adult count. Madness. Okay, so you, you, you get out of this long-ass bid, and, and what's your game plan at that point? You've had all these years to, like, think about what you might do when you get out. What's, what's the I'm plan? I'm done at that point. You're done. You're like, I'm fuck done. the streets. I'm done. At that point, I'm done. Like, I'm still me. I'm still going to hold, be a man. You know what I mean? I'm still going to hold my own at the end of the day, and I'm going to apply pressure to anything that tries to apply pressure to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't go out my way looking for trouble. I don't do what I used to do. I don't, you know what I mean? Mm. Like... Like I said, I just got booked for the first time in three years for possession of marijuana. Right. Like, I've never had a possession in my life, Adam. But you don't have to worry about going back in from a violation like that? Nah, I'm off of probation. Okay, cool. I got terminated off of probation. So, I, like I said, I did three years on probation. I, I, I haven't been in trouble. I ain't been in no run-ins with the law. Um, I've been kind of off the radar, you know. And if I did something, I did it and still stayed off the radar. Mm. So... It's just like that, and, and and that's how it's supposed to be. You know, we grown now. Right. Ain't nobody got time for prison no more. When did you start getting exp- or inter- oh okay, so they were guiding you towards twenty three and one. Right. I think we were at this point in the story at one point. So you, right. you you basically set up an interview with him, and and he got you know did you get a lot of traction right there? So I did my first interview with twenty three and one, and it went like kind of viral, I guess. I mean, it's at like four or five hundred k right now or something like that. Um, good. And then I did a second interview, and it's almost at 200k now. So he he did he was a big influence in in my YouTube. I can say that because I do ask Josh for advice a lot of times. Mm. You know, when it comes to this YouTube shit, right? Because I'm like I said, I'm new to this shit. I'm green to this shit. Like I just learned how to use a smartphone two years ago. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, is this is the prison YouTuber scene talked about a lot in prison? Well, I guess you haven't been back. But no, I wonder like, to what I extent. I've never even heard of the prison YouTube really? okay. scene. In but it prison. has gotten a lot bigger, so maybe it is a it's, thing now. It's a lot bigger now, but I never even heard of a prison YouTube scene. People were, were pressing me towards that, and that's when me and Josh talked in the DM, and he, I was like, go ahead, we can set it up. And we did our first interview. Mm-hmm. And so did that kind of open your eyes to, like, damn, people want to know more about this life that I've lived? That and, and the drama. People, people like to pick apart the drama because with that interview, I kind of breached up. You know, he asked me an honest opinion about another YouTuber who I had no idea who, who he was, and I just gave my personal opinion. Uh, he said, do you know about 1090 Jake? I gave him my personal opinion, bro. 1090 Jake, what the fuck that mean? 1090 means set tripping. Like, where I'm from, 1090 means set tripping means you got to move, you got to get out the way. So. I said that on the interview, and I guess it sparked a little, like, you know, right. back and forth through the comments and the fans because he just went viral on 23 and 1. So the fans were, like, going back and forth or whatever. Um, 
we ended up being cool after that. Okay. Me and 1090 Jake, we, we talked it out. We did an interview and all. We ended up being cool. And we linked up with another YouTuber. I ain't even going to give that fuck boy no clout, honestly. I ain't even going to say his name on this channel. Okay. Um, but we linked up with another YouTuber who I ended up, I ain't even going to talk about it. I, I ended up bitching him up. I called him out to a fight in this city and he didn't come. Okay. So, so that's that. Um, me and 1090 Jake ended up getting into it because. I remember this. Where, okay. where was that that you pulled up on him? It was on Dorchester. Oh, okay. Dorchester, Why the Boston? fuck are you in Massachusetts? So I was, all right, so everybody thinks, so all right, let me explain this situation, bro, because everybody thinks that me and 1090 were just like a sanctioned fight, like we were just supposed to fight, like this shit was it set up. It did not up. look like that. It and looked it like you ran not, down on them. It was not set up at all. It was none of that. I was going to Boston with my brother on, on, a, on a personal business mission. Hmm. We, we were on a whole nother tip. I posted my trip. As I posted my trip, he came at me. Because obviously, I, I guess he felt like I'm coming to his city for him. I didn't say anything about meeting this dude, nothing. Mm. I took my trip, went all the way up there. He got on his live. I posted a little uh, a boomerang on my Instagram saying I was in Southie Boston. The weather was nice. Mm. So he gets on his live and sells me out. Uh, people start DMing me, of course. I, I ain't paying attention to nobody's live. People start DMing me, and my phone's blowing up. So I'm like, fuck, okay. So I open my phone, and they're telling me that he's on live talking about me. So he's on live talking about me, calling me all type of this, that, and the third. I won't pull up on him, and I can push an old man, and this, that. Because there was an old man at the corner store that called the police on me and pulled a gun, and I pushed him. So that, that shit, I, I ain't going to say it went viral, but... It kind of went viral at the time, and he kind of used that as, like, leverage. Oh, push me like you did this old man. Right. And he started posting that, and then he went live while I was in South But if Boston. someone pulls a gun on me and I just push him, then, hey, yeah, I'm pretty crazy. That's like, that's pretty crazy. You just want to shove a motherfucker with a gun in your but, face. And let me tell you about that video. He <laughs> cut the video. He took it from my Instagram, cut the video, and reposted it because I used it as a story post. I didn't post it to my post. So it disappeared in 24 hours, uh -huh. and I left it alone. Because obviously I didn't want that shit up there like that. Right. He took that, screen recorded it, cut it, and then posted. Wow. And made it look like I just pushed the dude. Wow. So obviously you could still see in the video towards the end, you could see him like this with the gun. So 1090J gives you his address? So he's on live, and obviously there's like seven, 800 people on the live. And he's selling me out, like on some bum shit. Like you, uh -huh. you know you, you, you in opposition. Like you know what I am, I know what you are. Like, why would you even play like that? And this is this gang related at all? Because you guys are from absolutely, different gangs. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it, it absolutely has something to do with politics. Because at the end of the day, you say you're from Tampa, Florida, and you did time in Florida prisons, so you know what the politics are like. You know you that shit is nothing. To, no business. You ain't. My name should never come out your mouth unless you expecting retaliation. Okay. And the fight was not set up. Nothing was set up. Like, hey, I want to fight you. We can go to a gym. We can do this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. So, he, like I said, I was in Southie Boston, and he was selling me out on the live, and he was like, oh, fuck, boy, this, that, and the third. Seven, eight hundred people on the live. So, obviously, I pulled up on him. Mm. He dropped the address. I, I got a bunch of people to go on his live, and Spam dropped the address, and he ended up dropping the address. He was more, I ain't, I ain't going to take nothing from him. Can you get a, a little closer to the mic, sorry. Yeah, I ain't going to take, take nothing from him as a man. Because as a man, he was out there. Right. As a man, he was on his live. 
The only thing I'm gonna take from him is he was on the main street where all the police are at, this, that, and the third. Mm. Uh, there's no entrance to the houses there. You have to go around back to the parking lot to enter the houses. So I went around back, parked, and waited for him to walk to the back. When he walked to the back, I told him, nah, don't end your live now. I gave him plenty of chance. He put his hat down, put his phone down, and he squared up with me. Uh-huh. I'll give you the video after this, obviously. Because you, know, you never you. dropped the video, but you dropped a couple screenshots Absolutely. from the video. I'm going to give you the whole video. <laughs> oh, man. So, so I will look at it and then never do anything with so, it for the record. But All right, cool. So absolutely. So I pulled up on him, and, and that was that. You know, I, I handled up on him, and, and was this a fair the, fight, or were there weapons involved? There were weapons involved, absolutely. When on one person's behalf, or on, both? On my behalf, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Absolutely. There's weapons involved on my behalf. When it when, when it comes to gang politics, you don't play that shit. So yeah. from your perspective, you weren't interested in a fair fight. That's just not how you get down. Nah, not at that point. You didn't even ask me for a fair fight at that point. At that point, you went live while I was in your city with 700 people on your live selling me out, saying I won't pull up. Right. And, and That was the one thing that surprised me about that is that just the idea of somebody, you know, and shout out to Jake because I, I, I've talked to him. I think he's a cool guy. But the idea of like a gang member waiting for other gang members to fight outside his crib and he don't got homies with him or a gun he has somebody on his live saying they were gonna leave me slumped out there and shit like that yeah some if you look at some of the old lives on youtube he has somebody out there saying they were gonna slump me with a little red bandana on so obviously i came to the fight prepared obviously he was just on live with his homies and shit like that on the front street um and like I said, at the end of the day, it's politics. You ain't got no business speaking on me. I ain't got no business speaking on you. And when it, when it do come to that, that's what it comes to. Um, and nothing was set up. Like I said, I was on, in Boston on a whole nother mission. Right. And so that situation goes down and then what? You just leave and then how does it I ensue just, on, online? So so I shot the Michigan real quick and hit a couple dispensaries and then went home. <laughs> hit a couple dispensaries <laughs> to Michigan? Of, yeah. To, went from to, Dorchester? That's kind of out of the way if from, you're going to. Because it was the first legal oh, wait, state besides, besides oh, okay. Mass. Why the fuck the, you care about being legal? So we could go to the dispensary. Oh, you just wanted to go to the dispensary? Oh, and we okay. needed some weed. I feel you there. That's yeah, exciting yeah, the first whole, time you do it. Our yeah. whole plan just had got blown mm. by this whole little shit. So it, 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 when that shit happened, like blood was everywhere. You know what mm. I mean? So like, and there, there was people watching and shit like that. There was people coming out of their houses. So obviously we had to get the fuck up out of there. there like I said, he was on the front street at first. There was police all up and down the front street. Mm. Uh, if anybody knows that area, they obviously know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'd never been to that area a day in my life before that day. <laughs> right. So it you probably like, won't ever have to go back to Dorchester either, to be honest nah, with you. I mean, I got big love from Boston. A lot of people fuck with me from Boston. We grew up thinking of Dorchester as like the Compton of of New England. Like that's like the worst part in the Boston area. So I, I never heard of it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I never heard of it until I went there. You know, and when I went there, you know, it's all right. I got big love from the people out there. So mm. you know, it ain't it ain't like there's no pressure out there. You didn't release the video because you just didn't want to get caught up again? Like I said, I was on three years. I, mm. I, I was on five years probation, but I just got terminated off the three years just so I could fly out here and come on the show. Wow. I paid My manager paid the lawyer. We went ahead and did that. The lawyer went and did his thing and got me terminated. Oh, that's sick. So uh, did you guys keep beefing after this? Like, how, how did he approach it after that? I noticed he went on Instagram Live and talked about it with his head bleeding a little bit and shit. I mean, there really wasn't nothing left to say after that. I mean, you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't never get know what. This is the first time I ever told the story a year later. Like, really? Yeah, absolutely. Because I was on papers and, you know, I'm not trying to check in like that. That's some mm-hmm. stupid shit. Definitely. So from your perspective... Let's just say same shit was happening. Let's say he happened to be uh, in your neck of the woods and he 
called you out and said, let's meet up and fight again, would you, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anybody. I, I mean, nobody puts fear in my heart. Not to say I'm the baddest man ever. Like I said, I'm, I'm humble. Mm. I don't go out my way starting with nobody, but I'm just the person I am and the way I was raised. Like, I was always taught if somebody applies pressure to you, you got to just apply it twice as hard. It's the only way to deal with it. Mm. And that's what I've done my whole life. Is there a part of you that wants to like not ever do that kind of shit if if you can avoid it just because you know that you're always kind yeah, of playing absolutely. with your freedom absolutely i got a beautiful family i got two beautiful kids absolutely you know mm -hmm. what i mean i'm not on that, that 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 stupid shit you know that everybody be trying to say i'm on like i said i'm humble the only time i've ever came at somebody was with these youtubers that came at me mm -hmm. and i came about it the best way i could with one YouTuber, that was how the situation was handled. With the next YouTuber, I called him out to a gym. He bucked the call out. He had the date, he had the time, he had the location. I was there. He didn't show up. Are we talking about Milk now? No, we're talking about a whole nother YouTuber that, I, like I said, I ain't gonna give no clout to. Okay. Then with the new YouTuber, Milk, I done gave him a new address, a new location. I done, I, we done, we done registered a gym ten minutes from his house for him to show up to the fight. And obviously, he's saying he don't want to show up. To but he gym. did show up here earlier today. Yeah. Luckily, it was like two hours before you were supposed to be here. I guess he was just guessing was at still, the time. I was still on my plane. Like, come on, Adam. I told okay. you, I got, I got out at two o'clock in the morning. I didn't get on my plane till seven thirty. Right. So. How did you guys start beefing? So he originally, the beef started when he attacked, because like I said, I was straight with 1090 Jake at first, and I was straight with the other YouTuber at first. We were all, we, us three were straight. Uh -huh. You understand? And when he attacked one of them, I, of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to fire a slick comment back or whatever, because we was all doing the YouTube thing at, you know, we was all on the same page. We was all in each other's DMs trying to pr promote each other. You feel me at the time? For sure. And this was before they went sour on me. Mm. So I left the shit alone for a year. I ain't say nothing about him. And then I did a little spar with Mighty Mouse. And, you know, he wanted to get and do a little reaction. Like, he wouldn't even last two seconds in the grid with Mighty Mouse. So Many people, myself included, would not last very long against Mighty Mouse. He's pretty Absolutely. intimidating. <laughs> and, 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 and the funny part is, is we wasn't even serious when me and Mighty Mouse spar. I, I, we had just smoked a joint, and we were walking in the parking lot, and I was like, Let's box. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he's like, you serious? I'm like, yeah, let's box. Right. Yeah, we, you know, we just played around and just uploaded it. And then he did the whole reaction video saying I bucked his call out, this, that, and the third. So I was just, you know, if I bucked your call out, I've been promoting it for a week from 5 to 6 o'clock, show up at this gym, 10 minutes from your house. Mm -hmm. I don't, like I said, Adam, I bonded out at 2.30 in the morning, got on a flight at 7.30 mm -hmm. to come to the show, bro. I appreciate it. You got to understand how hectic my morning been, bro. I ain't had nothing to eat but a fucking bagel since yesterday, bro. <laughs> bagel, no. Uh. Yeah, man. Bro, my, bro, it's been on go 24. Bro, I went from booking to the second floor, bonded out from the second floor, shot up, got all my shit ready, jumped on a plane from the plane to the hotel, took a shower, got just enough time to smoke a joint at the dispensary and uh -huh. come here, bro. How was bookings? You haven't been in that environment in a while, and I know it's not bro, as intense as the shit you've bro, seen, let, but let was it kind of nice? being back let me explain something <laughs> i haven't been to jail or prison in three years right when i walked into booking bro i had so much anxiety bro it was out the roof bro because mm. i got a life now so you know back then like i said i was young i was dumb i was legit but when i went to booking this time i'm like the anxiety level is like damn dog 
you know, you're stressing what the fuck going on, what the fuck going on on the street. You got bills. I got a business I run. You know, so it's a lot of shit you stressing when you're sitting in there and fucking booking. When you went to prison before, your life wasn't that great before. Your life wasn't that much better than prison before, right? Like, I mean, now your life, you have a good life. I mean, it, it really must stand out. My life back then was clubs, mm. fucking women. Okay, that is better uh, than prison, yeah, for gang sure. Gangbanging, going to parties, fighting other gang members at parties and shit like that, finding out that they're going to be at this person's party, so we show up 14 deep and shut the whole party down. That does sound fun, okay. Uh, it's, that's Florida shit. Yeah. Um, but and that was more my my juvenile life. Like you know, it was it was wild. You know, I was I didn't give a fuck. I I, I sell dope. I would sell everything from dope to fucking breaking in houses. Like it didn't it didn't matter to me. My juvenile life didn't matter mm. because I, I guess you can say from being in the juvenile system, it kind of sets you up when you become an adult. Mm-hmm. You're not you skip all those developmental years. You're not ready for it. So mm-hmm. let me explain this. So, so this, this shit is serious, and, 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 and people are going to comment on this, and this shit is serious. Juveniles, from 12 to 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, they get incarcerated. They go in and out of juvenile detention centers and programs. They never do any real time. They do six to nine months, 21 days in a detention center, slap on the wrist here. And, and they're getting slaps on the wrist for armed burglary, carjacking, shit like that. They're getting slaps on the wrist. When they turn 18, it sets them up for failure because now they're still in the same mind frame mm. that they can do the same shit. Right. And when they get out there and they do that same shit at 18 and they catch a carjacking, they're facing life in prison now. Uh-huh. It's no longer fun and games. You're not facing 21 days. You're not facing six to nine months in a program, nine to 12 months, 36 months at the most in a program. You're not facing that shit mm. no more. You're facing life. So it's a whole different ballgame. So I feel like the juvenile system is kind of in a way fucked up because it does set you up, you know, for thinking that you, you're just going to be sweet when you turn 18, 19, 20 mm. years old and you catch a charge. I could see that for sure. Yeah. No, that's super fucked up when you think about, like, just the fact that, like... And we, it's the mentality. You're in and out of juvenile detention center, mm-hmm. so you're in and out of there with people who have the same mentality as you that are robbing people, breaking in people's shit, selling dope. It's, you know, 15 in a juvenile detention center, obviously you're doing something dumb. Right. And you're just going to get put onto so much game in there. Absolutely. But not, not in a good way, most Absolutely. likely. Not in a good way. <laughs> they're not going to teach you how to not get caught as well as they're just going to no. teach you more shit to do. They're just going to teach you more shit. And it, 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 that's what every institution and being in, incarcerated over time, you learn more and more nifty ass shit. Mm. Like the most intelligent motherfuckers are locked up. Definitely. So is there a street element to the you and milk thing too, since you technically kind of bang the same thing, but different? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, the thing is, is, is he knows how he's supposed to go about it. He knows he's supposed to go about it. One-on-one man-to-man combat. We in the same set. He knows what time it is. Mm. We supposed to go about it. One-on-one man-to-man fist to fist. And that, that goes for most gang culture and politics. Right. If a, if a person in one set has a problem with another person in the set, they have to bang it out. Right. That's what that is. And that, and they keep that in the set. It's respectable. It's respectable. And you shake hands afterwards. You keep it in the set. He knows what that's about. He's online playing all type of games and shit. So, right. obviously, he knew I wasn't here yet. Obviously, so. Let me know if I'm overstepping any boundaries by asking this. But out here, or, you know, from what I hear, is like there's the Hoover Crips and Hoover Criminals. And you are a Crip. And he's a criminal. No, I'm a criminal. You're a criminal. He's a. I'm a criminal. And See, he is this, too. This is where people. Right? This is where people. No, let me explain okay, this. Yeah, yeah. And this is a big thing. This is where people get confused on the internet to where when I do say I'm crip. Okay. 
When I went on 23 and 1, I told my story about being incarcerated. A lot of my stories on the internet are about me being incarcerated. Okay. When you get incarcerated in Florida prisons, it doesn't matter if you are criminal, you are falling you're falling under the sea. Period. Right. And that's how it is in Florida. Or you're getting ran off the compound. And that's how it is. with You can be on a compound with 43 Hoovers and one insane gangster on a compound. And literally, we'll all be knit tight. Right. It doesn't matter. Because behind walls, the sea rides. That's it. It overrides every type of politic, any type of dispute that any gang has had from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you're just going to fall under the sea. Okay. Basically, you still you still you, but you 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 enforcing under the seat, right? Because it's prison politics. There's no it, it, there's no none of that. Like it's not just like with the G's. When the G's go to prison, it's not oh you a BD, I'm a GD. We're gonna sit here and fight all day. That's not how it is in Florida. Right. In Florida, the BDs and the GDs in prison are shaking up. Really. They they got each other's back because they got a, they got a. They band got them together against these other games, right? Absolutely, yeah. and that's where that comes in. It, it comes about, like I said earlier in the interview, it comes about numbers. Mm. The gangs on the compound, everything is about numbers. And you want to so bring people into you your You want to bring people yeah. into your circle. So that's where that's where the Hoover guideline falls under the sea when you are incarcerated in Florida prison. But that's why it surprised me so much that it wasn't actually divided by racial lines because if you're really trying to bring everyone in as much as possible, it seems logical that it would end up being like every... Hispanic gangs together, every black gangs together, every um, white guys together. With the Hispanics, they, they, they're more like they stick to their gang because like if the Nietas are obviously the Nietas, the Thresses are obviously the Thresses, and they're obviously different gangs. Right. But they're Latino. So I can say in Florida prison that the Latino gangs are all tight-knit. The Latino community is a tight-knit community in Florida. Is there like a cartel influence or you hearing I, about all that? I mean, I don't know how to explain it because you can see you can see Chicos in black gangs. You can see you can see Chicos as Crips. You can see Chicos as Kings. You can see them as Zoes okay. in prison. Like it's just, I, but how, how to explain it is that the Chico community is still just a tight-knit community. Definitely. Regardless of if you see two Chicos in the Bloods and two Chicos in the Crips, or a Chico over here that doesn't bang anything, there's still a tight-knit community. For sure. Milk recently posted some paperwork claiming that you were snitching. I'm assuming that you're not a big fan of this. He posted a police report, a police statement at that. I posted my discovery. I did a whole video on my channel about it, posted my whole discovery, broke down the whole case, and this is what me and the other YouTuber went through it about. Okay. This is where it originated. This is kind of a throwback. Okay. So so he tried to stir up some shit that I already went down, that Mm. I already done broke my whole case on the internet, because they... What they did was they took a police report, and a police report, which is a police statement, not mine, right. the police statement, and said I was snitching. Okay. So describe the scenario and, like, what the issue is here, like, what, how so they're trying I, to represent I it. Admitted to, I admitted to myself being on camera. By me admitting to myself being on camera, there was co-defendants with me. Uh, they basically, like, tricked me. They basically, oh, that's you on camera? Yeah, okay, boom. And they combined the case together as co-defendants. They put... Because, like I said, the girl told on me. Mm. So they combined the sides. She was thinking that she was going to get off by telling on me or something, I guess, saying it was me. Right. But she didn't get off. We ended up getting charged as co-defendants, and that's where I ended up, like I said, sitting three years in the county jail, fighting my whole case while she died. The other co-defendant caught probation. And, like I said, I was facing a 15-minimum man. Okay. 
So he's you're you're saying he's misrepresenting whatever the fuck happened just to absolutely. basically he paint took, this picture. Absolutely, because I posted my whole discovery. I posted statements. I posted the witness statements. I, I posted everything. Right. Like nowhere am I telling in my discovery. Nowhere in my police report. None of that shit am I telling. He posted. He posted what the police said. Right. He didn't post what I said, which was nothing. Okay. Interesting. All the way till three years down the line when we threatened to go to trial and they waived the minimum man, like I said earlier, and they gave me the bottom of the guidelines, which was 12. Right. And the only reason they did that is because she died, gotcha. which I showed on my channel as well. I, showed, I broke all that down. I even showed her death certificate. Right. <laughs> I missed that <laughs> upload, but okay, that's good to know. Um, when you come to California for the first time, what's, what are your thoughts on tapping in? Do you have, like, relationships out here with people you already wanted to link up with? I mean, I have my own relationships. When, when people say tap in, like, who the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know who the fuck you're talking about. Like, nobody's know telling either. me no. who they're talking about. Like, are you for real? I don't like, know who you're supposed to tap in with. You just hear a lot about tapping in. Tap in, tap in, tap in. <laughs> and it's like, it's, like it, it's, it, it's you know, like I said, at the end of the day, it's politics, the West Coast, mm -hmm. East Coast. Everybody has their own politics. Like I said, my politics that I was explaining about Florida prisons does not go down in California. Right. But the shit in California does not go down in Florida. It's the mm. same fucking way. And that's what people, a lot of people fail to realize that haven't been to Florida or haven't been to the East Coast in general, haven't been to New York, haven't been to Virginia, haven't been to Baltimore, haven't been to Atlanta, you know what I mean? Mm. North Carolina, haven't been to the trenches out there. Right. So they don't know what it's like. You know what I mean? Some people have, so they do know what it's like. They have an understanding, just like me. Everybody has an understanding of what it's like. So, like I said, I got big love everywhere. Mm -hmm. But when people say this, tap in, tap in, tap in, like. But like, okay, Enelly Chapa and uh, Black Boy JB both claim Grape Street, but from Memphis. And I noticed, like, you know, they come out here and they're like shooting videos. At Absolutely. The, you See, know. the thing is, 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 is. The, the the media is so fucked up. I, I read the comments and I laugh to myself. I'm like, bro, these people sound so stupid. So they say, oh, because you're a Hoover, you got to be from California. Because you're a Piru, you got to be from California. Because you're a Great Street Crip, you got to be from Grape Street in California. Mm -hmm. No, we're in 2021. Okay. That's not, that's, that, we're talking about gangs that developed in the late 60s and the early 70s. Mm -hmm. We're talking about gangs that developed years ago we're in 2021 now right these gangs have spread all you have crips in england you have crips all over the world just like you have bloods all over the world it's mm -hmm. just it's it's expanded like any type of religion would expand damn um okay that makes sense um that's why, why you, you guys have, laughing at that's why you have people like block boy jb that right. are grape street crips from memphis because obviously somewhere down the line one of the homies from la traveled to memphis and pushed a line down in memphis mm -hmm. so obviously that's how that went yeah i was watching a like a hood vlog from so, grape street where i sort of started to realize like oh shit there's a ton of people who live here that are from over there and shit like absolutely. there's a crazy crossover that i never knew about yeah. absolutely and that's why I said that the politics are different. That's that's exactly what I was saying about politics and shit like that. And while incarcerated, it's a lot different. Mm, definitely. Um, okay, how do you... Did you ever think that you would be someone who's like participating in actual like boxing matches online or whatever? How did you link up with Mighty Mouse and where did that all come nah, from? Really, I mean, most of my fights been in prison. I'm just going to be honest about the situation. Like, I grew up fighting in my neighborhood, of course. 
Um, my neighborhood was a fighting neighborhood. Like we we were more fighting than toting guns when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, we even threw boxing gloves on all day and just sat there and boxed. You know what I mean? So we had a lot of fights in our neighborhood, but we was always cool. And my neighborhood was a tight knit neighborhood. So if any neighborhood outside of mine had beef, we would always come, like I said, 14 deep and shut down parties. Mm -hmm. Like we were on some dumb shit. Right. And uh, <clears throat> what the fuck was I talking about? Um, <laughs> just fighting. Oh, so most of my fighting, like I said, most of my fighting been in prison, but I did have a little fighting on the street when I was growing up. Most of my, my street was in pistol play when I was a jit. It was more fighting. Right. I grew up in a Florida neighborhood that you had to fight in. Right. Um, Same. I grew up fighting all the fucking time. And it's crazy to me absolutely. now when I see people who it's like unthinkable to them like like out here in particular where just kids get shot at 15 all the time right it, it's so so I, I was obviously i was born in the 80s so it's a lot different than now you know what i mean i grew up in the early 2000s it was more about fighting than pulling pistols like mm. nowadays you could be 13 and you're pulling a pistol and this person's your op because he says something on the internet I'm not promoting that shit. That shit is dumb to me. Right. All that uh, smoking your op pack and doing this <laughs> shit. All that shit is dumb to me. Honestly, at the end of the day, the only thing I'm promoting is if you're a man and you got a problem, approach that situation in the right way. Y'all can bump it out. Mm. Y'all can handle that like men. All this bitch shit, pulling guns on 13-year-olds and drive-by shootings and kids dying and shit, it, it's bullshit. It sucks that it's gone to that point just because, you know, it makes my childhood or, or I guess your childhood seem a lot more innocent and nice in comparison because it's like, you know, it was a great thing when you could, like, fight somebody and then Absolutely. go home. And it's like, you know, there's just there's no and coming back. y'all would smoke a blunt on the green box the next day. You know? Y'all would sit on the green box the next day and smoke a The blunt idea of making these, like, permanent decisions, like shooting somebody when they're that young is just so fucking crazy to me I'm, I'm gonna say that when i did my first three years it hardened me a little bit more towards weapons mm. um like like i said i grew up bumping i didn't grow up you know toting pistols too much like that you know here and there you know but when i did my my three years it more put me into the like heavy gang life because in wild camps everything is run by gangs there's there's either you gang bang or, or you're breaking it off, period. Mm. And that's how it was. Or you, every now and then you had a solid person that was known from his area, that was holding it down, that was bumping, that, that was good on somebody else's face or good on a whole nother gang's face. Like you weren't gonna fuck with him and he didn't gang bang and that's just what it was and he was, he was gonna fight about his. But like I said, we used to line up at the windows waiting. When I talk about putting in work in wild camps, we used to line up at the window waiting for the new cocks to come in to press them about their shit. Mm. And that's just how it was. And, and that's how you put in work throughout the Department of Corrections as a YO, you know. It just is what it is. Extortion and fucking feeding the gang. That's just what it is. Taking hits. Uh, if somebody if somebody did something wrong, you got to do it. You got to take the hit. But so you weren't you weren't uh, worried about like fighting on camera or anything like that. I mean, in terms I, of the Mighty Mouse shit or the local boxing type stuff. No, absolutely not. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, we both men. I mean, at the end of the day, with that that goes with anybody that has a problem with a man, they should be able to settle it like man without. Like I said, we grown. Mm. I'm not 21 no more. I'm not a loose cannon like I was when I first got out of prison and I got through that shit with 1090 Jake. You understand? Like, I done settled down. I got two kids, you know, shit's, I got a family life. So at the end of the day, that's what I want. Um, but you could still be a man. You could still be that gangster that you are. Mm. You just ain't got to be in the street. Right. You know what I mean? But the question is, is like, would you, 
would you give a fuck about taking a real L in a boxing match? Like, is it, would you be nah, able? Absolutely not. You'd be able to walk away from it and be like, absolutely. fuck it, I, I, I fought like a man. I took I, an I L. I shake whatever. his hand afterwards. Okay, I respect I that. Shake, yeah. If he showed up to the gym today from five to six and he fought me, if he whooped me, mm. which I know is not gonna happen, I'm, I'm gonna knock his teeth out. <laughs> but um, if if he shows up today from five to six at the gym, that's ten minutes from his house. If he if he whoops me, I shake his hand. Even okay. if I win, I shake his hand. And that's what type of person I am. I'm just I, I like to get the pressure off. You know what I mean? And like I said, the only way to deal with pressure is to apply it. Could you see yourself ever squashing shit with somebody like 1090 Jake or, or even Milk? Or is it, you don't seem like you have a lot to gain I mean, from going out of your way I to mean, squash it, you know, like, or him either? I mean, as in, like I said, shaking hands and parting ways, yeah, but as in being associates, that's done. Like, mm. like at the end of the day, I'm a man, bro. I ain't finna deal with nobody that crossed me. That's over with. I feel it. I want to ask you about what you think of uh, the extremely disturbing trend that's been coming out of Florida and Jacksonville specifically, where all these young kids are, it, you know, it's bad enough to be, they making the songs about smoking on their dead ops and stuff, but now they're sampling pop songs and trying to turn this shit into hit songs. Talking about Julio, Julio and, um, and Young Enace and, and all them, yeah. They're viral, and that's what people like, obviously. I mean, that's where most of my clock came from, is fighting other YouTubers, getting other YouTubers scared to fight, and you know, most of my clout came from that dumb shit. But at the end of the day, like I said, they 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 press me, and mm. I just press twice as hard. Right. That's that's just it. Um. But the internet, it, it, it like I said, the internet loves drama. That's mm. what it is. They love that shit. So when you saying you smoking a dead op and you fucking sitting on his gravesite and shit like that, like that's like the ultimate disrespect you can get. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. Like I said, it's a whole different era. They taking it to a whole different level now. 14-year-olds banging, holding pistols and shit mm -hmm. like that. When we was growing up, if we had an op, we would just show up to his party and shut that shit down. Beat right. the fuck out of everybody. I mean, they're singing about like 16-year-old kids that got shot outside of their house. You know, right. I know I'm old and everything, but it, it definitely is kind of stomach churning to it's, me. It's the era. And, yeah. and, and I mean, you can't take nothing from it because at the end of the day, they, they eat and they doing their thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Could you imagine, this is kind of a dark hypothetical, but let's say that somebody did a song like that about somebody that you cared about who had been killed. Could you imagine yourself losing touch with the more mature version of yourself that you are now like is that the kind of thing that could nah, potentially set they you could, off they could talk about people that listen that's not gonna push me to a point where i'm gonna kill somebody mm. what's gonna push me to a point where i'm gonna kill somebody is somebody coming to my house approaching my family or mm. disrespecting my family in any type of manner in public or anything in general like i'm i'm, I'm more of a protector about my family now like i don't really care about all the dumb shit mm. Definitely. Like that's that that will push me to that point where you'll die. But other than that, like I ain't. You could talk all the shit you want. If you ain't if you ain't really willing to put them fists up and fight, then sit your ass down somewhere. Yeah, because I mean, as a content creator or whatever, at a certain point, you just have to accept like there's gonna be smaller creators, there's gonna be commenters, they're gonna say the craziest shit about me, and I'm just gonna kind of have to you know just put some separation between myself i can't just act mad as fuck and that's what you when you see like 50 year old gangbangers that are on instagram right. and they gotta spaz out on random people and shit it's like bro you're not using the internet right you gotta yeah, just you gotta chill out just gotta, you gotta let, let some out. of these and, comments and, rock bro and, and, and at first i like i said when you when you first get i i haven't been into youtube for nothing but like a year and a half bro. okay like i went viral in like a year and a half almost two years or something like that mm -hmm. i haven't been out of prison but three years so I wasn't used to it. 
You know what I mean? Like, I see comments and shit. I start responding to comments. And, mm. you know, you can't respond to every dumbass on the internet. But bro. in jail, you absolutely have, have to respond to, to every dumbass. Respond to every dumbass <laughs> comment because we up close and personal. We live together. Mm -hmm. You are not going to disrespect me. Mm. On the internet, it's a different story. It could be a 12-year-old kid in his house on the fucking keyboard somewhere, you know? So Pino is, stands for Pompano? Absolutely. So you're from approximately the same area that Kodak is from? I'm, I'm from Cyprus, but I, I'm known out there on the ugly corner. Like all the videos you see me with on the ugly corner, my family stays out there, so I'm known out there. Have you seen the, the impact that somebody like him, like I feel like he's influenced the music so much, but Absolutely. then also maybe even the culture, like you just hear about Absolutely. wild ass shit going on around Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Kodak's a big inspiration in the culture. He's he's well respected in the city as well. Mm. You hear about his boy Psycho Bob getting shot the other day? Yeah, you know, big big prayers out to Psycho Bob. But, but then he, know, he, he goes on Instagram Live right after saying that he didn't get shot, but then they have footage of him coming out the ambulance saying, fuck <laughs> you to the camera. How the but, fuck you get in the ambulance and be getting like, shot? But, but like I said, you know, it, it's part of the culture. You know, ain't nobody going to sit down, you know. Because Kodak does the same thing where if somebody, like, tries to do something to him, he will say that it didn't happen. Because I think in their head, that's like a form of snitching if you sort of like, even, if you go on Instagram Live and say that it, it happened that way, of the cops could use that. Yeah. It is. Regardless of the person or the situation, it is. Mm. And, and like I said, I got the whole video of, of what happened with the other YouTuber in case he tried to video it mm. and do the cut edit shit like he did before. So I got everything on video. My homegirl jumped out of the back seat and got everything on video. Mm. So... That was for that purpose. The video that I have wasn't for the purpose of releasing to the internet and being like, look, I beat up your favorite YouTuber, this, that, and the third. No. The, the, it was more for, for my, in case he tried to attack me on the internet again with a cut edit version or something like that. Um, but I am going to show you the video. <laughs> I will not look away. So. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, you, you know what I mean? So, so at the end of the day, I was the only one with the video, so... The only person that can incriminate me is me. Mm. You know what I mean? At that point, I was on active probation, and the only person that could incriminate me is me. So I obviously released pictures to the Internet, but my face was covered in 99% of the pictures. If you notice, there was an emoji over my face or something over my face. I was wondering how much that would matter to your probation officer at that time, like if they would still be like, we know well, it's, we know it's mean, you. <laughs> none of it was released on my page, though. So, yeah, so point, it, was, yeah. it was all released on random pages. And so. it's probably hard for a probation officer to really wrap their head around all the YouTube shit like they, they probably yeah. don't know all the stuff to be paying attention to that somebody like me would be able to be like oh, I'm gonna Google this this and this and be able to sort of figure out what's right. going on you know right yeah they, I, I don't think they know about that shit I, mean, I, I don't think they care about that shit honestly you mm. know at the end of the day everybody got a job to do and them motherfuckers be busy as fuck and especially during the coronavirus oh yeah this shit happened right at the beginning of the excuse me this shit happened right at the beginning of the pandemic and they told us that we weren't supposed to report to probation, that we just call once a month and just break down if everything's the same, your address, your place of work and shit like that. So shit was really sweet. They weren't coming to the house, nothing. COVID had just hit. Mm. So I took off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kind of took off. Okay. So I took off on a whole nother mission. What, um, what are your aspirations going forward in terms of like your channel, what you could see yourself doing in life on social media, et cetera? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm in the prison genre. Obviously, I'm going to keep interviewing convicts and people getting out of prison and, 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 you know, 
hearing their story out and having them tell their story on the internet if they want to mm -hmm. um not incriminate themselves just tell how they got where they are and obviously if you if you watch my videos most of my interviews is about a positive ending about what people have done to change you know in society and how they haven't been back to prison mm -hmm. um and nobody on my channel so far has been back to prison also um, yeah, which is which is crazy. Mm. I'm sorry, one person went to jail, okay. but he didn't go to prison. Okay. Hopefully he gets out soon. Right. Yeah, free, free King Georgie. That would feel pretty shitty if somebody like got caught up because of something they said on right. your channel, right? Yeah, right. And, and, and I don't, I, I would never put that in my channel. Like, if you notice my interviews, they're all cut edits. Like, I, I, I don't put nobody's name in there, and if they do have a name in there, I cut that shit right out. Like, it's it's more about your story, how you got where you're at, and how you changed your life. That, mm. to me, on my channel, that's what it's about. I bet that in prison now, there's like a shitload of people just talking about becoming YouTubers once they get out. I mean, I, I've honestly, there's a there's a YouTuber that uh, caught my attention that's in prison right now. His name's like Emanuelo or some shit. I'll show you him after the show. Right. Um, and he caught my attention. You know, he's been liking my posts and shit like that. But he's making videos in prison. He's making videos in prison. I saw a TikToker the other day with half a million followers, and I fucking... TikTok is where it's viral. I DM'd him on Instagram and started talking to him about it, and he was just like, yeah. He's like, I got another fucking 18 years. I'm like... Yeah, TikTok is, 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 is a major thing in prison. It is. Nah, it is. Not when I was in prison. How many phones do you think are... Like, is every prison fucking full of phones? Nah, see, the thing is, is I, I was at Holmes Correctional Institution, and there was probably two phones on the pound. Really? So it's some real elite and, shit and, you don't then, get unless you... But then I was at, like, ACI, and there was, like, 40 phones, 50 phones on the pound. Everybody and their mama had a phone, and every gang had a phone. Right. But is it too much of a risk? Like, is it a big risk having it? Because if you get caught with it, you're going to get a lot of trouble? I mean, you're going to get 60 days in the box. That's about it. That's it? That's not that crazy, huh? 60 days in the box. Right. I it mean, seems... I, I, the 60 days... When you're already incarcerated... 60 days in the box really ain't shit because you already incarcerated you're in prison you meaning you've already been incarcerated quite some time because mm. you had to go through the county jail process and all that so you're not coming fresh off the street mm. so when they lock you up in confinement it is what it is bitch get a book lay down and that's what it is when get they tell a you book to, yeah that's what it is get when, a book lay down and when they tell you to get out get out i'm sure you have a lot of fans who are basically like young dudes who are kind of in the same position that you were where they're like sort of tempted between normal life and street life. Uh, like, how do you speak to them? And like, what's your advice for people? Because obviously you live this life and you are a product of this life you live. But then at the same time, you know, 15 year old kid asking you about life, you don't want to tell him like, yeah, just go fuck up, do all the things I did. No, absolutely not. Like, like I said, it's, it's more about that. That's what my channel is about. Like, honestly, I want it. When people do get on my channel, I have people on my channel that were sentenced to 50 years. I have people that did 30 years in the Department of Corrections. And when they get on my channel and they explain that scenario, my hope is that a kid, that 15-year-old kid sees that and is like, yeah, I ain't going to rob Jimmy's house next week. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he, he just seen the video of dude who caught 40 years. Now, now, now he changed his mind. He's not going to rob Jimmy's house next week. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's more, like I said, my channel is about pushing to a positive outcome and coming from a negative environment or a negative Cause like situation. You, you as a kid committing crimes and shit, it's like prison. Well, I mean, you, you went in young for the youth offender and shit and everything, but it's like to a lot first, of people. My first time getting locked up, I was 11 years old. But I mean, like that's prison's a mystery to a lot of people until they get there. 
So it's you to a 16-year-old kid who doesn't necessarily have the brain to be thinking 10 steps down the road and be like, oh, I could be in here for 10 years. I mean, the more information that's out there, that's why I think ultimately is good about the prison YouTube right. type shit is that if a young kid is a fan of that but realizes what's in for him if he gets caught shooting somebody, then that's, that's a good situation. Right, and like I said, Josh has been a big inspiration towards me with that YouTube shit. Mm. Um, like I said, I use him kind of as like a mentor towards YouTube because at times I can fall back into negativity and you know, and that's just, that's, that's just me. It's anybody in general. That can happen to anybody. Anybody can fall back into negativity, but everybody should have somebody that has a guide in mm. life, you know what I mean, when they're doing something. Like I said, I was green to YouTube, so he guided me through this, you know what I mean? Like, yo, don't don't sweat the comments, this, that, and the third. This is how you set up your AdSense account. This mm. is how you make money off of YouTube, this, that, and the third. So he's been more of a mentor towards YouTube to learn how to deal with the YouTube society. Um, and the only thing that's kept me going with my YouTube channel is, like I said, having people come on there, explain their story and stuff like that. And as far as with the future with my channel, yeah, I obviously want to do reactions uh, probably to, you know, famous people, obviously. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to react to somebody they don't know. I mean, um, unless they did a backflip off a roof and landed on their head. You know what I want you to react to? Uh, did you see that I interviewed this rapper C-Mac Veloke? C-Mac the Loke, man, he's he's a funny guy, bro. He is a funny hey, guy, but hey, I like him, bro. He's got like an interesting forehead tattoo. I was wondering what you thought of that. Right, and, and like I said, like I said, in prison, you'd look past that in prison, like you whatever. Would, you would in Florida prison, you would absolutely have to look past that. Really? If he wow. was riding with the C and you were riding with the C, you mm. absolutely, like I said, it's about numbers. You would absolutely have to look past it. He would have probably had to fade some of the homies about it, but after that, that shit would have been dead. And that yeah. and that's that's what I was going about about keeping it in it. You know, as a man, you know, you just fight that shit out, and that's what it is. If you're pushing a cause, both of y'all push that cause. He's been locked up for like the past month, and I think we're all kind of wondering what. Free C Mac. <laughs> my manager, like my manager personally knows C Mac. You oh, know, okay, they, that's what's they up. They tight, so for sure. Free C Mac. Uh, anybody you want to uh, thank, or anybody that uh, that stands out to you? Anything else that people need to know about? Um, not really. I mean, with this content shit, you know, I'm gonna keep pushing this. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's 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 for a change. You know, it's it's. I don't want to see somebody do the same shit. My first time going to prison, you know, I was 18 years old. My first time getting locked up, I was 11. So it's, it's old, it's, it's, it's worn out. Prison, jail, that shit is for the birds. Nobody wants nobody telling them what to do all day, when to shit, when to eat, when to piss. Especially for somebody like you who had to work their ass off and hustle and do all this stupid shit to get money throughout your life. And then to now Absolutely. be able to like make some videos in your home and get a good check from YouTube, that's gotta feel like pretty pretty big relief in comparison, right? Absolutely, I mean, I, I don't really get paid too much off of YouTube. More of my income comes from my business I run. Go subscribe, he's gonna get but there soon. Y'all go subscribe and we'll get there. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, it's about the hustle and, and, and it's about the change. So that's what keeps me going. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, like all this beef shit is irrelevant. That shit don't even matter to me. If you ain't willing to square up like a man with me and fight, we could go bare knuckle, gloves, whatever, it don't matter. And I know there's going to be a lot of people like, oh, Pino, I'll fight you. Pino, I'll fight you. Like, dude, you, who are you? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> so at the end of the day, if you another YouTuber in my genre telling me to fight, obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come see about that shit. And, and we're going to do it the right way. Do you feel like a target for the cops still in Florida? Or do you feel like they kind of see you as... Like I said, I just... <laughs> so, so yesterday... I woke up like nine o'clock. 
I had to go pick up some money from one of my friends. I had sold him a car. I had to go pick up some money. I uh, went to pick up the money, literally got 10 minutes down the street, fired up a joint, got 10 minutes down the street and got pulled over. Mm. I got booked with some weed or whatever, and they took me in, bro. They took me in. It was my first time being incarcerated in three years, and I was like, nah, nah. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's shit like this that is letting me know that stay on the right track. You, If you want to fight somebody, fight them the right way. You you pushing the cause. Push that shit the right way. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and as far as with the other YouTubers that you do see me with, the only YouTubers that you will see me collab with or talk with is YouTubers that are on a positive note. You won't see me pushing with nobody that on, on some negative shit or sitting there just talking shit about every other YouTuber. That shit is whack. Definitely. That shit is definitely whack. Yeah, man, I just like seeing people, you know, making something out of them so coming up out of like shitty circumstances and then using the internet to Absolutely, help them get bro. ahead Listen, that's a beautiful I, thing I used you know? to, bro i grew up buying fucking payless shoes when payless was still around bro that's real i, I grew up buying shoes that looked like nike cortez's but they weren't mm. <laughs> like real talk you know so like everything and that was that was what my mom was able to afford my mom was by herself raising me my dad was in and out of prison my whole life um so obviously you know i have a lot of love for my mom mm. um she did it all by herself. So at the end of the day, when I had to get them Jordans or when I wanted a nice outfit to fit in in school, like when I was growing up, it was more Jabos, you know, Polo, Buffalino shoes, mm. Dickies and shit like that. That was, that Good was, all this. yeah, that was my era. You know what I mean? Um, so obviously people wanted that when they were growing up and I wanted that shit and I didn't have it. So, you know, obviously that led me to a life of crime that led me to being locked up at 11 years old. Mm. So. Definitely. Well, Pino, it was a good time having you on the podcast. I uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. A lot of man. good insight, man. And, Anytime. Yeah. Man. And hopefully we can, uh, well, I don't know if there's any chance of us squashing any beef for you, but hopefully I mean, we can at least were, it, push it, it towards a, a legal way of expressing it. All they got to do is, is, is throw the hands up, bro. I mean, at the end of the day, if you were banging a gang or you are a part of movement in prison, you're you going to have to use them hands before anything. Mm. It ain't like you're just going to pick up a knife and say, this is what I'm on. Nah, you're going to have to use them hands before anything. And, and I'm a firm believer that you're going to have to use them hands before anything. If, so if gotta, more people fell in line with that, then society as a whole would be a lot better off. Right. And, and we're going to fight and we're going to shake hands afterward. And if you want to continue to talk shit, then we'll continue to fight. Sure. <laughs> until you're done. <laughs> it, it's just that simple. Until you had enough lumps on your forehead. Yeah. I respect it. Pino, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate for you. For sure, man. Pino, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, hey, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Coolest podcast in the world. Appreciate y'all.